Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Talk Recorded live. Well, hello, people. How are you feeling today? And welcome again to a Monday. Today, everybody already know, this show is called Church. And I'm the true feminist will of God. And, you know, we haven't done nothing since last Monday, but Minister Calvin Myers is back. And guess what? He said we're going to switch up just a little bit because of the fact that, you know, we was on Revelation. But since Thanksgiving is coming up, the Lord gave him something. So please, dial that number, 724-444-7444. Put the PIN number in, 143-906-POUND. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then you push one pound to enter the show and start eight to talk. And don't forget, this Thursday, I have to do two shows, literally two shows on Thanksgiving. One right here in Sound City from 5 to 7, and another one on All Point Radio from 9 to 11. And you know it's going down. But right here, I want to start off the show with my homeboy, Minister Aaron Williams. Consecrate me now. technical problems because the devil want to play miniature games. He's not big enough. His arms is too short. To box with God. Well, I said that I would be more than he wanted me. 
this is what we're going to do. We're not going to play no more games because we see what it is. We all know. I cannot do what I do. I need your help. We all know what it is now. So we're going to start off with the show because I'm not. We're not playing this game no more. Devil, you are a liar. Satan, I rebuke you back to the pits of hell from which you came in Jesus' name. Minister Calvin Myers. Praise the Lord, saints. I hope everybody out there is uh, praying and we're getting ready. Uh, we want to go into the show. We want to go into the Word. There's some things we wanted to share with you. And uh, we're going to pray first before we go into the show. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you would look upon each and every individual. Look upon on us. God, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you would tear down principalities, strongholds, demonic forces that will warfare against us. God, move by your spirit. I pray that the word of God will go into the hearts of man, strengthen them, build them up, develop them. In the name of Jesus, God, let no weapon form against us prosper, and every tongue that come up against us in judgment, you said you will condemn. God, we pray that you will incline our ear to hear what you have to say. God, you say, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit have to say to the churches, to us, God. So, God, we pray for our development that you might strengthen and teach us your way. Show us your ways, God, in the name of Jesus. I pray that as people tune in, they would get a Raymond word, a Logos word, and that you might develop them, strengthen your people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, hello, everybody out there. It's good to be back with you. There's a lot of things going on, a lot of things. And sometimes when things go on, you have no control over it, as we can see, even with my brother Will. There are some things you just got to go through in life. The Bible said, knowing this, that the testing of your faith is more precious than gold. There are some things you're going to go through, and there's nothing you can do about it. Sometimes God will cover you when you go through. Sometimes he won't allow it. He allow everybody to know you in the midst of a battle. You in a fight. No matter how much you don't want nobody to know you going through, you go through warfare. Someone once said either you coming out of a trial or you on your way into a trial. And one great man of God said, if you ain't going through nothing, that means you ain't got nothing that the devil wants. He ain't worrying about you. You have no value. But sometimes we got to question ourselves, where are we? And then there are stages in our lives when God allows us just to go through. He won't allow us to go through. He will be with us. He give us a season of peace. But one of the things that I've known and I've learned throughout the years that God would allow people who is on fire for God, if you're about a good work, you're going to get hit with trials and tribulations. And one of the saddest things that happen when men and women go through trials and tribulations is when you are misunderstood. Now, that's bad. It's one thing to go through a trial, but it's another thing when people just automatically accuse you or assume that you did something to bring all this on yourself. We remember the story of Job when Job went through, and his friends didn't know. When they saw Job, the Bible said they didn't even recognize him at first. And they didn't see that thing for seven days. And as time went by, 
they begin to open their mouth, and all of them begin to accuse Job. And so much to the point that Job said, you guys are miserable counselors. Because sometimes God will allow you to go through things. He don't owe nobody no explanation. He owe none of us no explanation. But he see a purpose in our life and where he's taking us at. And sometimes when God is taking you somewhere down the road, he's not going to let you know what he's doing. I like this saying. People say when you're in the classroom taking a test, the teacher is silent. They're not saying a word because it's your test. The teacher's not going to give you the words to the test. Any good teacher is going to allow you to take the test on your own. How many of us went to school when we got the class, the teacher said, we're doing a quiz today? A quiz? And a lot of the people being there, we didn't study that because they assumed that the test was going to be on Friday. But you got a quiz maybe on a Wednesday or a Thursday just to see where you're at, to put a little fire underneath you. Because whatever's in you is going to come up out of you. And so a lot of times we expect God to do things because of the testimony we heard when God dealt with other people. But, folks, let me tell you something. God is not going to deal with you the way he deals with other people. you got to understand that God deals with every single one of us differently, totally differently, individually, individually. He's going to deal with you the way he sees fit. My trial is not your trial. Your trial is not my trial. Some people, the challenge may be inside their body that they may go through. Others, it may be the surroundings. Some people, it may be in a church setting. Others, it may be at a job setting. Some people, it may be in a family setting. Different various reasons you will go through things. You don't know how God is going to test you. So today, I want to deal with the topic of why me, Lord? Why me, Lord? Because sometimes we don't know because we don't see the end of it. But you're right on course to where God is taking you at. Beloved, please remember the trial that you go through is not so much about you. It's about your future, your future. This is why people don't understand your trial. Ladies and gentlemen, most of the time I feel to ladies, when you're making a cake, you got the egg. You have the flour, you have the ingredients, you have everything that you need to bake that cake. And since we're dealing with Thanksgiving, all the ingredients you need to make the food that you love, you got to go to the market, get every different type of ingredient. And it looks like if you eat those ingredients separately, it tastes nasty. But after you get finished cooking it, and at a certain time you pick the flour, you put the egg in. You put the ingredients, the seasoning in there. You put the sugar in there. For the collard greens and ham hock, you season it. You boil it. Nobody eats raw ham hock, raw ham. Nobody eats raw chicken. You got to cook it, and it has to be cooked. Then you have to put the seasoning in it, and you boil it. All those things, when you get finished with it, now we can set the table, and everybody can come down and feed. I'm saying all this to you to tell you tonight, Everything that you're going through in your life is setting you up for one day that people could come and feast at your table. The Bible said the words of a wise man drop like a honeycomb. Wisdom is deep in the heart of him, but a man of understanding will draw it out of him. 
there are certain times in your life when you will go through things that you don't know what's going on. It seems like God forsook you. God has forgotten all about you, but he has not forgotten about you. He's got to take you down these roads. Because in the future, whether it be five years, one year from now, five years, ten years, twenty years, some people will never live to see what God developed you into. Only thing they knew, that boy did went through a whole lot in his life. But when they leave and go to glory and look back, they say, wow, that's what God was getting him ready for. I want you to notice in your life that nobody knows your purpose in life but God. Let me say that again. Nobody knows your purpose in life but God. People will look at you and think sometimes you got a hidden agenda, and they can very well become an adversary to you. Or if they're not careful, all of us can do this now. We can become a tool of a hindrance in somebody else's life that God is raising up if we're not careful. This is why we got to be very careful how we judge people when they go through things. The Bible says judge nothing before it's time. You don't judge anything before the time comes. Because you can find yourself judging something if you're not careful. You'll be judging and criticizing something that God is doing. Because you think the person got a hidden agenda. And a lot of times we lack discernment. These are one of the gifts that God gave all of us. The gift of discernment is very important, folks. Without the gift of discernment, you can be cruel to a person, nasty, or you can even drive people away from you when really God needs you to speak into their life. But because you're not discerning, you're assuming you can become a hindrance to that person and easily lose that individual that God is sending them to you to be a blessing when you should be building them up. You can find yourself tearing them down and destroying them. And the enemy can also destroy your concept of how you perceive people. So we got to be very careful. This is why we got to pray. We got to say, Lord, I don't know why. I don't know what's going on with people's lives, but we want to just keep them in prayer. The older folks will say, just pray for them. So tonight what we're going to do is go into the word of God, I'm going to be reading from the book of First Samuel, a familiar passage, First Samuel chapter 16 and verse 14. I just want to read a little bit, and we may move to another part because there's some things I want to just share with you when you're going through what happens, strange things happen. You can always tell when God got a call on somebody's life, some of the dumbest, stupidest, crazy things happen. It doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. When things don't make sense, you got to understand it's something that God is doing and the enemy is really fighting this person. Because on a normal day, it just doesn't make sense. It's crazy. And it seems like they always go on through this battle because there's a warfare. The battleground is for you, the people of God. It's for people that God is going to speak into their life. He's the people of God that the Lord is going to encourage. So 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 14. Prior to this, you see that Samuel was called by God. Samuel was asked by the Lord, and the Lord said to Samuel, how long would you mourn for Saul? Verse 1, I'm looking at verse 1. See it, I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill thy horn with oil and go, and I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided 
me a king among his son. God didn't say a prince. He said a king among his son. Listen to the quote. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hear it, he will kill me. Samuel knew that Saul had an insecure spirit. He will kill the prophet if he heard that God would have anointed, using a prophet to anoint another man or woman of God. He said, Saul will kill me. And the Lord said, take that heifer with thee. A heifer is a cow, for those of you who don't know. It's a female cow. And say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. And call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou should do. And thou should anoint unto me him whom I name unto thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake. And he came to Bethel, and he came to Bethel, and the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Comest thou peacefully. Please remember in the days of old when a prophet showed up, that was a problem. That was never good. If you did not see the prophet, you was in good shape. You didn't want to see the prophet in those days. In those days that the prophet came, judgment was coming, something was about to come down on you. If you didn't see him, that was good news. So all these people that like to run around city prophets and preaching and they everywhere preaching a happy sermon, let me bust your bubble real quick. When the prophet showed up, it was not good news. That means you was about to get rebuked. Something was going on wrong. If he didn't show up, you're doing good. <laughs> the, the prophet was the one that kept the people of Israel in order. He wasn't running around town telling people about houses, land, you don't see none of these prophets going to a king telling them about more land they're going to get, more wives they're going to get. They didn't come with that stuff. They came to keep the king in order. No, it's tight, but it's right. Sometimes people don't want to hear that. They want to hear what they want to hear. These gifts are given for the body of Christ to develop the body of Christ to strengthen the body of Christ. You got a lot of stuff going on out there that's nonsense and foolishness. And people got a gift, but they're using the gift out of order because the gift in the calling is without repentance. So you got to be very careful who you yoke up with. People will use you in their gift because you look at their gift and be so impressed with the gift of the calling they have on their life. Preachers, teachers, prophets, healing, working of miracles, all these are gifts, word of wisdom, word of knowledge. If you're not careful, you can get caught up in the gift and miss the character of this person. And while you go around calling saying, oh, that's God's anointed, yeah, God anointed them. But don't you know you can be anointed and out of God's will? I know this sounds crazy. How can this be? Read your Bible. Read your Bible. David was anointed, and he was out of God's will. Saul was anointed by God. He got out of God's will. There are times when people get out of God's will. It was not God's will for David to sleep with Bathsheba. It was not God's will for him to send a letter by the Uriah the Hittite hand to kill him to Joab. That was not God's will for David. That was not God's will. Was he anointed? Yeah. It was not God's will for Abraham to go into Agar and make Ishmael. That was not God's will. In fact, when Abraham did that, he didn't hear from God in 10 years. God did not want Abraham to do that. He said, in Isaac shall your seed be. 
It was not God's will that Jacob be a supplier and a trickster. See, you got to understand there are certain things that happen to all of us in our lives that we can be out of God's will. That doesn't mean that we're not saved. You can be saved, but you're out of God's will. You have children that you love dearly, and sometimes they do things that disturb you. And you say, I know I raised that boy better than that. What's the matter with him? All of us go through those um, things in our lives when we're not doing what we should do, but God is still with us. He just got to get us back in order. And listen, verse 3, again, and call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou should do, and thou should anoint unto me him whom I name unto thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Comest thou peacefully? And he said, Peacefully I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. And it came to pass that when they were come, and he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not upon his continent or his height or the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord sees not as man sees, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. I love that. People will look at people and say, he looked like a leader. He talked like a leader. He's educated like a leader. He got to be the leader. But God would say, that ain't the one I chose. Now listen, and Jesse caught a bit of that and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this. Then Jesse said, then Jesse made Shammah, Shammah to pass by, and neither has the Lord chosen good. And again, he made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. Now Samuel knew God didn't send him there and missed the point. The Bible said God spoke to Samuel audibly. And he didn't allow none of Samuel's words to fall to the ground. Verse 11, and Samuel said unto Jesse, are all thy children, are here all thy children? And he said, there remaineth yet the youngest. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy. And with all a beautiful continent and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. And the Spirit of the Lord, here we go departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. That means disturbed him. And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold, now an evil spirit from God troubled thee. Everybody could see that he was, he, this man had a bad spirit, man. Listen, y'all, there's nothing more dangerous than a leader with a bad spirit. Dangerous. 
One of the things you better be careful, when a leader got a bad spirit, you are in trouble because he's in a position of authority, but the spirit ain't right. When that happens, you are in trouble because nine out of ten, when he attacks you, people are going to think of ways to justify what this leader doing, and he's going to be just as wrong as two left foot. But people are going to look at his title, not his spirit. And it always amazes me when somebody is wrong, we don't look at the spirit that's driving this person to do what he's doing. We look at the title. And the first thing that comes to our mind is talk about God and do my proper no harm. Let me explain something to all of you who got that scripture twisted. When the Bible told David not to kill Saul, touch not God's servant, do my proper no harm, he was talking about killing him, killing him. Now, you're not supposed to talk about your leaders. You never do that. You pray for them. But if sometimes when you see that they're wrong, you got to say, Lord, help my leader to get back on the right path. This is dangerous. When you're dealing with sheep and you're dealing with people, as a leader, you can't afford to be missing God because you could be driving out the wrong people at the wrong time. That's why the Bible says don't judge anything before it's time. Let the wheat grow with the tear. You think if somebody's a goat and they are sheep, God sent them there to do some work, and you about to drive them away. You've got to be very careful as a leader how you deal with people. People are not your people. They're God's people. And if you don't do them right, he will send them somewhere else. But they will affect that which is in them. Let me tell you something. God can send people somewhere to be a blessing to ministry. And that person could be verbal abused or abused by authority. And then that person goes somewhere else, and God just raised them up like crazy. And once they get raised up, it's too late. You lost that person because you drove them out. So a lot of times you got to say, is it me doing this to this person? This ain't got nothing to do with God. And the one thing we got to realize about the Lord's faith is God is not slick. He's not a cadaver. He don't split people. He don't split ministry. He brings them together. He builds ministry. He don't tear them up. He don't shut people down. The Bible says, finally, my brother, whatsoever thing is good, whatsoever thing is lovely, whatsoever thing, you know how the scripture says, it's of a good report. If there be any praise, there be any verse, think on these things. He don't think negative of somebody. Oh, they're trying to take over. When God put people in leadership, Nobody can take that person out but God. Only the Lord could do that. But if you are not careful, you will think you got to remove this person and move them and put them out of the place. And when you start doing that, oh, buddy, everybody's connected with somebody. Once you rip that person out of his position, you affect all the people that that person was impacting. We got to be very careful, y'all, very careful, because it's like roots. People are entwined with one another. So we got to be careful how we deal with people. So let me go back into the rest of this. An evil spirit from the Lord come in and troubles Saul. And he said, listen, verse 16, let the Lord now command thy servant which are before thee and seek out a man who is cunning playing player on a heart. And it shall come to pass that when the evil spirit for God is, is upon thee, that he shall play in his hand, and thou shall be well. 
He said, let us choose out a man who's cunning, who can play. When the spirit of the Lord comes, he trouble you. An evil spirit. Isn't that strange how they say this? An evil spirit from the Lord comes to trouble you. This man is going to play and drive it away from you. It almost sounds crazy. It sounds backwards, almost like an oxymoron. And Saul said unto his servant, provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. Then answered one of his servants and said, Behold, I've seen the son of Jesse, a Bethlehemite, that is cunning in his plan and mighty and knowledge, a man, and a man of war, prudent and manner in common, and a calmly, a person, and the spirit of the Lord, and the Lord is with him. And wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, Send me David, thy son, which is which is with the sharp, which is which is with the sheep. Send me the one that's with the sheep. And Jesse took an ass laden with bread and a bottle of wine and a kin, and sent him by David his son unto Saul. Now here comes David. He's on his way to the palace. And David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly. And he became an armor bearer. That's where you get the word armor bearer from, y'all. David became an armor bearer to Saul. And Saul said to Jesse, saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me. For he has found favor in my sight. And it came to pass that when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took a harp and he played, and with his hand, so that Saul was depressed as well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Have you ever heard music that really just refreshes your spirit? I mean, it's anointed and it flows. And when the music comes, it just ministers to you so much. And when that music begins to minister to you, it ministers to your heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you will continue just to develop and strengthen your people and move by your spirit in the name of Jesus. I want to talk with you for a few moments about the topic, Lord, why me? Lord, why me? The Bible said before we was born, God had already chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Folks, let me tell you something. All of us were chosen in different time and different seasons in the Lord, and God has called us to do a work in all of our lives. We don't need to ever be jealous or insecure of someone else. Some of us may can do other things better than others because that's how God developed you. But anytime you want more from the Lord, you got to go before God. He's not a respectable a person. The Bible said if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and upbraid it not. That means that God won't hold it from you. There are things that God wants to give you. He said, I know the thoughts that I have towards you, thoughts of good and not evil, and an expected end. Sometimes the anointing that God put on your head, it will cost you. It can become very costly. And at times when you're going through life, you don't know why you want to have a normal, peaceful life, but you can't because what you're called for is the future. And when God calls you for the future, what he's putting inside of you at the time, it's going to impact other people's lives. And it's amazing to me because sometimes God gives you a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge, and he'll let you know what he's doing. Sometimes he'll tell you some things he's dealing with you, what he's doing. 
And it's strange because other people may not know the purpose of what God is doing. And every now and then, he will allow you to see the future where he's taking you at. Now, some people may look at your future and say, that boy ain't going nowhere. He cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, and God going to leave him right there, but not so. God got a plan for each and every one of our lives. All of us are not going the same place. And sometimes if God was to show you where he's taking you at, you do what Joseph do. You start running your mouth too much. And then that's when it's going to be a major problem because your brothers will try to destroy you. There's something you need to just set up and be quiet while God work on it. Joseph was being raised up underneath his daddy. But at the time when he was being raised up underneath his daddy, he started talking too much at the age of 17. And his brother looked at him like he was crazy. They said, boy, you must be crazy. You think we are going to bow down to you? That's never going to happen. And what they did was sold him out to the Egyptians. And then this is what they said after they sold him. Let's see what become of his dream now. Don't you know people will sell you out? They will sell you out because they don't believe God going to do that in your life. They don't believe it. Because if they really believed that they would never sold you out, they didn't believe that. And they sold him right into his destiny. Some things happen in your life, you will be rejected by men. But the rejection is sending you right on the course of where God wants you to be at. All rejection is not a bad thing. It's good that you be rejected by some people. It's a good thing. Because had they embraced you, you would never be what God was calling you to be. So when they reject you, they send you into providence, purpose, destiny. Because now when you rejected by people, you can't but look up to God. Because you got to be real careful when you start looking at men like they're trees. Men are not trees. It's only God. And sometimes when we start looking at the leaders like they're trees, we start missing God. That's just the leader. You are just a servant underneath the leader. And God allows you to go through everything you're going through. The Bible said, listen to this, all things work together for good, not some things. It's still working together for your good. It seems like you're stagnated. It seems like you're stuck. It seems like you haven't heard from God. It seems like you're going through pure hell and everybody else is doing better than you. You're right on course. These are the ingredients that makes the cake taste so delicious. Because those ingredients, the eggs, the flour, the butter, uh, the seasoning, all of that is a great mixture for a great, delicious cake. And when you begin to speak and impart it to people's life, this is what the Bible says when God gives you that word of wisdom, word of knowledge, the ingredients in you. The Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. People hear your words of encouragement, but they don't know what it took for you to become that woman you are, that man you are. People don't see that. They just see what you got, and then people get jealous of you. But they don't understand what it costs you to get there. And this is something that we got to be very careful of, y'all. You better be careful who you get jealous of. Did you hear me? Because if you're not careful, you're getting jealous of something that God anointed someone else to do, and you get jealous, he allowed you to go through the same thing that person goes through. 
And then the first thing you say is, oh, God, I don't want to go through this. What is this? He said, yeah, you wanted it. I'm going to give it to you. Listen, y'all, there are seasons in your life that you got to go through things. And when you go through that, you may encounter men like Mabel. The man name was Mabel. Anybody ever read that story? This man named me a fool. That's what Mabel means. So don't you ever name your child Mabel. That means a fool, y'all. Capital F-O-O-L. Fool. David was in a position where he needed food. Thanksgiving is only two days later. Y'all ain't talking to me. This man was hungry. He was living in the woods. He had men with him, 400 to 600 men. And they knew that Nabal was loaded with food, cattle, and all type of something. And so David asked his men to protect Nabal's men as they were traveling to where they needed to go to get the food and the cattle back to Nabal. He was a wealthy man. He had it, had it all. You know the song said, God bless the child that got their own. Got their own. Nabal had a lot. And David assigned his men to keep watch over the servant. There was no government established. There was no people, police officer. These men would travel from one town to another. Sometimes it could take a two-day's journey. It could take a week, depending upon how far you had to travel. David assigned his men to watch over them like secret service men. David appointed them. They watched naval servants take their food from one part to another part because in those days, People could run up on you and kill all the servants and take everything you had. Well, they was like fire by day, fire by night, cloud by day. And they walked into a position where they got them to neighbor's house. They asked him, can you please send us some food back for David, our master, safe, because we protected you. And they went and asked neighbor, can he share some of the food with David men. This is the response of this man. He said, who is David? There are many servants who's running from their masters. He knew who David was. Everybody knew David that killed Goliath. Everybody knew him. He said, I'm not doing nothing for him. And when those servants, he spoke to them harsh. He was very nasty. And when they went back and told David, David told all his men, get ready, scrap, lock and load but we call it this day and time. We're going to kill everybody. We're taking it. We're not asking for nothing. David went from being the man of God to becoming an outlaw. <laughs> I'm going to take it now. And so what happened was they went and told Abigail, Nabal's wife, what happened. They said, David men helped us bring all the cows and cattle and sheep back. And they asked for some food, and Nabal embarrassed them and spoke nasty to them, and they left. And when they told Abigail that, everybody knew this man was tripping. It's a sad thing when everybody knows you got an arrogant spirit and you don't even see it yourself. This man had a nasty dispensation about himself. And so what happened was when he did that, they told Abigail, Abigail told them, go get the cakes, get the pies, we got to go and do this right now. So what they did was they left, and they went all the way to where David was at. They, they, I'm sorry. They went to where David was at, 
And Abigail came. David was on his way to kill Nabal and all the men. And she got out the horse or the camel, and she bowed herself to David more than once, and she begged David, don't come and kill this man. In the meantime, Nabal was throwing a big, huge party, killed the fat of the calf, and he was doing his thing. And David got off his horse, and he addressed the woman. He said, if you did not come, I was going to kill every man that pisses against the wall. This woman said to David these words. She said, I know that you're going to be the leader one day. You don't want to kill these people. You don't want it to sound like the leader, the one that God has raised it up, killed people over food. She calmed David down. She was a virtuous woman, y'all. She was a virtuous woman. And David took what she gave him. She gave David a lot of food for his men and sent David on his way. The next day, Abigail told Nabal, David was coming to kill you and all the men. The man couldn't handle it. He died. And David came to her, and he married this woman and inherited everything that man had. Listen, y'all, let me tell you something. There's something that happened in all of our lives, and we don't know why. It was one thing for David to go through a mess with King Saul, but now he's living on his own. He's living out there like somebody that's running from the laws of the land. And then Nabal say something stupid out of his mouth? Who is David? There are many servants running from their masters. He knew that David was running from Saul. David said, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to set his mouth up. Nothing makes a mighty man of God more angry than a fool. I'm telling you, foolish people get to a mighty man's skin. They get underneath mighty men of God's skin. And when David saw that, he was pissed off. God didn't say a word. God was watching to see what David would do. Again, this was another test for David. There are tests that you're going to go through, y'all, and you're going to see like God has turned his back on you. But I want you to know that God would never turn his back on you. The Lord loves you. He cares for you. You got to understand that he allows you to go through things that may hurt you right now and may not make sense, but he's allowed it to happen for a reason. And there will come a time when you will get to a place when you will go to green pasture. He will allow you to lay down the green pasture. But right now, he allowed you to go through the valley of the shadow of death. Go through the things that God will call you to go through. It's okay. It's okay because what you're going through now is going to develop you for where you're headed at. I want to say to everybody, if anybody would like to say something or respond, just please push star eight and they will unmute you so you can come in and share with us. I want to hear your opinion about that. How do you deal with things that you go through? How do you spell relief when you're in the trial, the midst of trial? And the testing of your faith is more precious than gold. When the demons are telling you, go ahead out and sin and do whatever you want to do. And it seems like God has forsaken you. When everybody don't want to be bothered with you when you're in your trial. It seems like when you're on a high horse and you're doing good, everybody is calling and blowing up your phone. But when you go through that dark moment of your life, nobody's calling you. Nobody want to talk to you. 
you don't hear from your friends. You long for counseling of those who you love, but nobody's touching you with a 10-foot pole. And that's the time that you really want to hear from a word of encouragement, a word of strength. How do you deal with this? And you begin to say, Lord, why me? Why do I got to go through this? Why couldn't it have been somebody else? You see, because sometimes it may seem like everybody else is doing good. But folks, let me tell you something. That is not, that is not really the case. So we got somebody on that want to come in and say something. Um, come on. Caller, come on in. Who are you, Caller? Come on in. Oh, no, it's just me. Well, a guy. Yo, um, first of all, I, I got I got something to say about what you just said, but before I say that, I got to give the following or the announcements, I should say. People, welcome to Sound City. Here we practice freedom of speech, freedom to grow, and freedom to learn and know. That's why we call it Sound City Radio. All that I ask you to do is be real, be safe, <laughs> and be ready. See, I don't care what nationality you are, what religion you are, whatever. You may speak your mind freely. Just do it respectively. Do not curse. This is church. You understand what I'm saying? I will come at you. I will check you. I will become a problem, but I'm a problem in a good way. Understand me? Great. Now we're on the same page. Back to you, Minister Kyle Myers. Um, I hear what you're saying, man, because when you say, why me? Oh, Lord, have mercy. I look at myself all the way around and be like, why the heck me? Some of the stuff that I do for people out of the kindness of my heart, and I keep on doing it. And I know a lot of people come at me like, why would you do something like that? You know, they this and they that, and they treating you like this, and they treating you like that, and you still trying to show love. I always say over and over again, well, what would Jesus do? Now, I'm not perfect. I do get mad, and I daggone try enough, show sure enough, not try to get even. But I can do that in a very great way because, you know, I like to play. So if I'm going to get even with somebody, I'm going to play first, and I'm going to take it to the extreme. They would never like me for the rest of their life. That's not my problem. They're going to have to figure out and, and, you know, get it through their mind and know that they shouldn't have did what they did from the get-go. But then you got to look at yourself. What did you do in the past that made you look at yourself and say that you're perfect? Hey! See, that's the problem. People look at themselves in the mirror but don't see who they they are. They just stand in there and be like, oh, I look all good, but no. You take off all that daggone junk, now look at you. It's raw. You got to look at yourself raw. Like, wake up in the morning with all that gook in your eyes and all that. Then look at the mirror and see what you look like before you put on that extra ingredients. So when I look at some things that happen, just like even this Sunday, I was at church, heard excellent word. Pastor Dykeman Bound ain't no joke. He dropped that good stuff. Spiritual I forgot the tag on other word, but it was something. It was you know, y'all got to understand. It was great, but when I came out of church, even though I came in there because I had to go to the Eagles game, I you know have a situation with my clothing and all that good stuff, and I I said you know what, let me go to the supermarket before I go to church since my car you know taken and and all this other crazy stuff that's happening back to back to back spiritual warfare. I had bags with me. I had. A regular, you know, uh, what do you call it, um, 
uh, sweatsuit jacket and Eagles jersey under it because I came in late. So when I'm leaving, everybody say hi, all that good stuff. But you know, I went across the street. There's something made me double back and say, why do I need to walk to the bus stop when I can ask one of my brothers in church to drive me to where I got to go, you know, closer to the bus stop? I saw two individuals who I'm not going to mention their name, but they are, you know, people of the cross. And one of them was like looking at me and whispering, you know how you do something? You know how I died. See, I don't, I don't know if y'all have this issue in life, but sometimes everything happens for a reason, and God might make you look at one moment and catch something or, or bring something to your attention that you might not even be in a thought of or even thinking about, and now you got to deal with it the best way that you know how. You, you can, because that's the choice that he gives you. When he brings it to your attention, you have to have a discerning spirit of how to deal with that situation. Are you going to be aggressive with it? Are you going to be bold with it? Are you going to walk away with it? Are you going to do something crazy with it? That's all. The choice is yours. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So when I saw it, I was like, are you kidding me? Because when I look, the individuals both of <laughs> You know how you kiss them, you catch them talking about you. And I looked, I turned around, I looked them dead in the eye. And they waited at me like, oh, hi. You know, chase them real quick, like, because, you know, you get the person talking about, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then you look and you catch them. And they're like, oh, and they wave. And I'm like, I should say something, because I'm all the way across the street. So I wasn't going to walk over and say, hey, will you just talk about me? <laughs> but I knew they just came out of church. I just came out of church, and the devil is a liar. They would have to lie and say, well, no, we wouldn't do that. And I would have been like, wow, for real. And it would have been my word against their word against God's word. They already knew their words. That would have been an issue. So I told them not to say nothing. Just played it off like I was stupid. Things you got to do to get away in life or get by in life, you got to act dumb as I don't know what. And what I mean by that is when you see things happening, the only way the devil going to get you to buy into it if you actually pay attention to it. But if you act like you dumb and stupid, you can't see it, but you are observant, that's why I wear sunglasses. People are like, why you wear sunglasses all the time? Why you wear them in the dark? Sometimes I wear them in the dark so I can see things, but people can't see me, especially if I'm falling asleep, riding on the bus. Everybody think I'm wide awake. Why not? <laughs> long as I don't got no deep, dark sunglasses where I can't see, but if it got them sunglasses where you can see and it's got a light tint, well, you know, you know what I'm saying. You got to take this stuff, and I'm trying to learn because I'm learning every time I listen, not only to each and every individual of the cloth, but everybody I hear in the streets too. I take everything in and I use it and I dissect them and I ask questions. And I'm like, wait a minute. Some things is confusing, some things is not. Some things is on point, some things definitely is not. I know one thing, my Jesus is always going to be with me. That's why they call me the Jesus guy, because I will not change for nobody. And even though they try, yo, you need to be Muslim, you need to do this and the other. I hear what you're saying, I get it, and I don't even know about the spirituality thing, but I'd rather go with my parents' way. I don't want to be different, and they over there chilling in heaven, and I'm over here saying, well, I wanted to take this road, and next thing I know, they are far away from me, and I can't ever get there because now I'm dead and it's too late. I'm starting to understand things, but 
I actually still say why me because there's still more things to me that meets, that meets the eye. We still learning. We still growing. I definitely got to grow. I grew and then I fell back and act childish and do stupid childish things and then I grow and people don't be like, well, he's still this. But they don't really understand because they judge a book by the cover. See, I'm highly intelligent. Sometimes I walk up to people and I act dumb and crazy because guess what? If you walk over there and act like you bougie or act like you Mr. It or you supposed to be the same other, those people that you're talking to, people that's listening, you got to understand what I'm saying. I hope you really take time and listen. Those people will not come to you the way they would come to you if they saw you in another way. If they notice you up there on a prestige manner or this and the other, they're going to come to you oh, all humble and all whatever, trying to get all up under you, trying to get near you, trying to walk with you and all that. So you don't really see who they really are. But I come in a way where I'm trying to figure you out by your heart. I want to know if you real or you fake. I want to know if you're trying to dog me or tear me out the frame or you trying to help me, up, you know, uplift my spirit and, and, and encourage me and make me be able to see things the way it needs to be seen so I won't be devoured by this daggone enemy I heard is just trying to devour each and every one of us. But my arms are too short to box with God. We still got issues. I still got major issues, and I'm still trying to figure me out. But I always say, why me? So now I'm still at this process because I say, why me with all these blessings? I say, why me with the last time we were doing a show, that car accident happened live on the radio, and I supposed to be dead. But God said, no, no, no. Then I met people in the world, and I told them my situation with the car accident. I was in another car accident came when the ambulance almost hit me, and the brother was like, no, man. And this brother's from the world. He's like, yo, man, God got something planned for you. He, I said, what you want? You know, I'm looking at him like, how you know about that? You, 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 uh, you know, I'm looking, I didn't say it, but he shook me because he was not, I would never have thought that he was into, you know, God like that. He said, man, I watch you all the time, how you carry yourself, how you talk to people, how when you're talking to people, you stop and talk to somebody else and nothing, you got nothing but love for everybody. He said, I appreciate you and I'm praying for you, man. Don't ever change. Be you. You got a calling, man. You just got to figure it out. So I said, you know what? I, you know, I'm, I said, all right, amen. God, I was, I was shook. But today with your topic and how you drop it and how you breaking it down and how we just listening and we so intently listening that we still want to listen more, it's, it's, it's edifying our spirit. Like, I ain't never been edified, man. Like, why well, did been edified like that by, you know, my pastor and definitely Pastor Smith, but it's it's fulfilling. I really want to shut up now because I know how people are like please shut up. I want to hear the you know minister come out and speak, but I'm just putting it out there because everything happens for a reason, and we got to figure it out. But the why me? I love that why me. And the crazy thing that made me so mad was what happened when I tried to play Minister Aaron Williams song today, Concentrate Me Now, and it stopped. The, the devil was trying to stop. And it was the perfect scenario of why me. So, yes, I, 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 I got more to talk about, but it's not my turn to talk because somebody else has to because I'm on another level. I'm tripping.
Hey, man, that's after you, Minister Calvin Miles. Why you? You got me on station break? What are you doing? I'm waiting for oh, you. Oh, I see. Oh, you must have got some. Oh, oh, you want to get some girl. Look, look. You made, you made some daggone sandwiches. <laughs> you got some orange juice. <laughs> I know. Wow, I, was I was letting you talk, brother. I just wanted to listen. Yo, it was such a, you know, it, and I think these people who really want to push star rate but scared this Pete and, and push star rate because they don't want everybody to know their business, just push star rate. Sometimes you got to vent sometimes, so you might be able to say something that might actually touch somebody that's going through something, especially for Thanksgiving, because if you don't believe me, they are going to dog Thanksgiving out. They do not want nobody to know about the Lord on Thanksgiving no more. They just want everybody to shop. Please, wake up. Amen. So I want to go back to the topic again about why me. So let's look at Job chapter 1, if you have your Bible. Let's go there. And while we're going in there, we want to talk about what this Job character is like. We know what he went through, what he had to endure. So I just want to go a little bit deeper into this rabbit hole. Now, listen, folks, I know everybody's not Job. He is the poster boy for integrity and uprightness. And as Will just said, a lot of time what happened in our life, we say, look at yourself, what did you do, and all the stuff like that. There are different ways that we go through things in our lives. Sometimes it is a test, period. Just a test from God is allowing you to go through things. He scratches you. Other things, times, it could be you reap back what you have sown. It comes back up. And then there are times because where God is getting ready to take you at, he has to allow you to go through things to get you more stronger. An athlete goes through different type of training before they get to the next level. There's a level of high school, there's a level of college, and then there's a level of NBA. A lot of times I love watching the NBA draft and the NFL draft because when you see that somebody got the potential now, potential, and the NBA level, NFL level, this boy is bad. You know when they go to the next level, they're going to be a superstar. So what the billionaires do, billionaires, billionaires, they looked at the talent and they said, we want to find the fastest, the quickest, the smartest, the brightest, the one with the greatest upside and bring them to us. And according to the category of the draft, they fight to get to you. I want you to understand that because of the anointing that's on your life when you're gone at, there are going to be some things that is fighting to get you to your next level because they all begin to go through this thing where they try to find out. In the NFL, the team that got the worst record get the first pick. In the NBA, what they do is they have what they call the ping pong balls lottery. You don't know who's going to get the highest um, the worse the team is, the more ping pong balls they get in there to get the number one pick in order to get what we call a franchise player. A franchise player changes everything. The franchise player, when you draft him, everybody comes to see the franchise player because God is bringing this person in because they're the number one pick. And when they bring, when this person is coming in as the number one pick, everybody loves it. Like Ben Simmons, they want to see him. Or the baller boy. Uh, you know, when Shaquille O'Neal was going to the NBA, I remember I said, whoever get this big fella, my God, 
he is going to be a beast. That's a figure of speech of a good thing. So what happens is when you're on a college level and you don't really know who you are, the NBA corporation looks at you and they say five years down the line, this is what he's going to be like. Ten years, he is what we're going to call a Hall of Famer. He has the potential to be a Hall of Famer basketball player. So what happens is the day comes when they decide who's going to get the first pick, and all the owners are there because they're excited. They want to know who's going to get the first pick. And then according to that category, according to the need that your team needs, they might need a point guard or a forward or a fitter. In the NFL, you might need a running back or a quarterback. The highest level you can get is a quarterback, a superstar quarterback. I remember when the Eagles wanted Carson Wentz, they – they, what they said was they mortgage off the future of the team to go all the way to move up in order to get cost and win. And sometimes people win, sometimes people lose. Cleveland had every right to pick up cost and win. So what happened with Cleveland was they could not get cost and win. They didn't want him. They wanted another player. So what Cleveland did was wanted another player. They went and got this other player and brought this player in, and when they drafted this player, he didn't turn out to be the player they could have got. Carson Wentz was that great player. So I said all this to say this to you guys. Listen, there are times when God is moving and shaking your future. You can be something that's going to be a potential great woman, great man of God in the future, but you got to go through the training camp. You got to go through things in your life. There are roads and situations that you will encounter that you really don't want to deal with. You got to go through that because God has a plan for your life. It's okay when you feel discouraged. You may be alone and crying, and you're alone. It seems like nobody want to be around you. Nobody's calling you. Nobody's caring for you. But God cares for you because He knows that He's gonna make you. You got the potential to be a spiritual hall of famer for God. The Bible said, many are the affliction of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. What you got to do is very important, what I'm about to tell you. You got to get into your word, and you got to pray. And you got to bombard heaven and ask God, what is his will for your life? But also, you got to be around people who can speak into your life. You cannot be around people who want to do you hard when you're going through the valley or the shadow of death because there's going to be a time when people will look at that opportunity to try to hurt you or destroy you while you're down and out. This is why you got to be very careful when you're in the midst of going through your why me, oh, Lord, situation. You don't tell everybody that because people begin to start thinking it's your fault you're in that situation. And they can do more damage to you than help you. So what you have to do is pray and ask God to lead you to people who will pray for you. Because when the spiritual world knows that you're going through already, what they would do is send demons to buffet you and destroy you. Listen, man, I'm going to tell you now, five wise people, go to wise leadership. Talk with wise leadership. You can't tell everybody your business. 
If some people got titles, but they just cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Title don't mean a doggone thing in this hour we live in. We look at the president. Look at what's all. You got people who've gotten into position, and they are hurting people. Folks, let me tell you this. Look for people who can speak into your life. You don't want crazy people talking into your life. You don't want nobody to have a spirit of Saul who got a javelin. He wants to kill you or shut you down. This is why God gives you discernment. He said, don't tell that to everybody what you're going through. Be careful. Be very careful. Because that's all some people, they said, now I got him at a place where I can destroy him. I remember when David and Michael was together, Saul's daughter, and they lied and said David was sick. You know what Saul said? Bring him to me while he's in the bed so I can kill him. He hated David. He was insecure of David. He wanted to destroy David because he felt as though that David was a threat to him. Listen, y'all, hear me very carefully. Your gift is not a threat to someone else's life. Not what it's for. Your gift is to develop the body of Christ. But the devil will make someone else think that what you're doing is going to hurt them, and they will come after you. Folks, I don't know who I'm talking to. Maybe God is calling you to a prominent place in your life. I want you to watch everything you go through. Be careful to pick up people's bad habits. You don't want nobody's bad habits. I don't care if it's your mama, your daddy your pastor, the evangelist, the prophet, anybody who's mentored you, anybody that got a prominent place over your life, you don't pick up their bad habits. When people are wrong, they are wrong. You cannot allow yourself to be a compromiser. Now all of a sudden you acting just as crazy as they acting. You sounding like them. You talking like them. You walking like them. And they wearing left field. You're becoming the same man or the same woman they was. Folks, let me tell you something. God got better things for you. He got better things for you. He want to put people in your life that will build you up, not tear you down, that will strengthen you, not sit on you. He want to use you in a time like this. Listen, there's things that God want to show you. Nothing is more better than going through training the right way. And sometimes you can't control what God allowed to happen in your life. You have no control over it. You want to control it, but you can't. But you got to go through this. So I've learned to be careful who I let get my ear. But I'm very sensitive to observing what's going on around me. I study people, y'all. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't look for the bad in people. I don't. I hope for the best in everybody, but I study leadership and people real well. They don't even know I'll be studying them, and I got to do it because you're speaking into my life. I'm not going to have no crazy person talking over me. I'm sorry. It ain't going to happen. I like to build people up, and because sometimes people don't really know who you are, they think you got a hidden agenda. One of the things I love about the family I came from my uh, mother and father was country folks. And anybody who's from down south know the country folks love to feed you. They love to show hospitality. 
They love people. They like being around people. That's just how my upbringing was. But I realized in Philadelphia, these folks up here is crazy. They see you talking with people, building people up, encouraging people. They think you want to take over the church. They ain't got nothing to do with church. It's what's in your DNA. It's what you do it. You came from the stock of building and strengthening and encouraging, feeding. This, all of this is in you. You don't want nobody church. You don't care about this stupid church. They can keep the church. The ministry is in you. And wherever you go at, you're going to always be a builder. People think, listen, you want to get to the place that you don't begin to think that somebody else's success is your loss. Another man or another woman's success is not your loss. I want you to see it because God got a greater plan for you. If God uses someone else, don't ever look at it as though that's your loss. It's not your loss. What God had for you to do, you would do it. But this is what I want you to do is I want you to settle. We live in a time where technology is a wonderful thing if you use it the right way. We live in a time where you can go and you can find topics that will speak to your spirit by pastors you probably never met or evangelists you never met or teachers you never met. Find the word of God that speaks to you, that encourages you. Get into your word. Pray. Seek God's faith. Don't send your money all over the world because you don't know what everybody is living like. But you know when you hear good teaching. You know when you hear good preaching. You know when you hear wise counseling. Tune into those type of topics. Learn. Grow. Google some things up when it's good teaching. And you pray. And you grow. And you continue to walk with the Lord. Continue to submit yourself to authority. But whatever you do, God told, Jesus told the Jews, the Jews and the, uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they sit in the seat of Moses. Whatever they ask you to do, obey them. But he said, after their traditional ways. In fact, Jesus told them, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Don't you pick up their ways. Don't you pick up their characteristic ways. Some people do things, and a lot of things ain't got nothing to do with God. It's the character. Listen, y'all, somebody could have a title, but they got a nasty character. But because they got a, they tie all that in with the anointing. Come on, y'all, let's not be stupid and dumb at the end of the day. There's a difference between a title and a character. If you don't believe that, look at your president. Pray for him. That man had that character long before he ever got into the White House. There are some character that people got before they ever had a title, they had a bad issue with people. They don't know how to communicate really with people. And then they got the title? God, have mercy. Folks, I want to encourage you to be the man, the woman of God that God called you. You can be around unsaved people who are not even speaking in tongues, don't know the verse of the Bible, don't know scripture, don't know what the fivefold ministry is, don't know how to lay hands, don't know how to do none of the above, and they got a beautiful character. You would think they were filled with the Holy Ghost because that's in them. Are you hearing me? Separate the title from the character. Sometimes you can say this person got an evil character or they got an insecure character. Everything is not a demon. It could be just them. 
they got a bad character. But then you'd be around someone else. You'd be like, are you saved? They'd be like, saved? What do that mean? I'm not saved. I just know I love people. I like being around people. Because of your upbringing, Paul told Timothy, I am persuaded what was in your grandma is in you. There's something that's in your family DNA. Some folks don't like themselves, so they don't like you neither. They don't. When you're dealing with arrogance and self-righteousness and pride, you got to be careful. you got to call it what it is. I tell my kids all the time, I don't want y'all to grow up to be arrogant people. Arrogant people is a threat to anybody. Arrogant, pride, and nasty. Sometimes you can be going along your way, and you be the nicest person in the world. People just want to take advantage of you. They just take advantage of you. For whatever reason, they may not even like you. They don't even know. If you ask them, why you don't like this person? They won't even really know. That's when you're dealing with a character, y'all. Folks, listen to me. God gave us a principle that he laid out. He said, for by this, all men know that you're my disciples. For the love you have one for another. When you love someone, you won't block them. You won't hold them back. You will encourage them. You will talk with them. I want you to move into a place where you go into, someone said the love chapter. Some people said First Corinthians is the love chapter. Another brother showed us when Jesus said, for you, if you see uh, those that despitefully use you, when he went into the word, it was so beautiful. There are chapters that the characteristic of God's character you want to develop. I never want to be a person who get in the way of nobody else's ministry. But by the same token, I find it hard to be underneath anybody who will look at me as a threat and will hold me back. you got to be careful. Folks will sit on you for 20 years. The Lord ain't told me to release you yet. It ain't got nothing to do with the Lord. They don't want to release you. They sitting on you because they are never see you for what God making you to be. In their mind, you will always be that person that they don't want to use. I want you to know this, y'all. God have a greater standard for you. And you're not sitting here to be nobody's folk. Somebody just sit on you. You go before God. This is when you got to start really seeking God's purpose for your life. You pray, you wait on God. You pray, you wait on God. Hear what God got to say. Sometimes God been telling you all along what he wants you to do. But you just haven't. Accepting it. He wants you to be strong. He want to develop you. He want to put you around people that's going to embrace you and love you. There are things in your life that you got to go through. It's not about figuring out who's real and unreal. I don't get into all that. I don't have time. I got so much stuff going on in my own life, I don't have time to find out if you real or you fake. I don't care about that stuff, man. That ain't about it. Listen, man. They're saying that we use as people of color, it's irrelevant to me. It really is. It, to me, I think it, it just don't make sense. I'm trying to figure out where my path is, but I've got time to look at your lane to figure out if you real or you fake. I don't care about those things. That's not, that's not my concern. I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I really think that insecure people think like that because you can see something and you can assume that someone is fake 
and all the hair right on the wall and make it look like that person is fake, and the devil lets you see that, and you'll think that person was a fake person, and all along they was real because you're not discerning. You live it underneath the spirit of assumption. I'm not going to live underneath the spirit of assumption. I'm not afraid of people. That's one thing I'm grateful. I don't fear no people. I'm not afraid of people. I fear God. I reverence God. I respect titles. I'm glad I'm a man of authority and in authority, but I don't get into the place that I'm worried about who's real, who's not real. That's not what God put me here. He didn't say, now, Calvin, you're going to be on this earth. Your job is to find out who's real and who's not. No, no, no. He got somebody who could do that already. They're doing a good job at it. And that person is called the Holy Ghost. He will lead you and God you to all truth. And because a lot of people are not discerning, they automatically assume who's real and who's fake, and they all got an all-out war. They fighting against each other like animals. Animals fight each other. As soon as you come in my territory, what you want? What you up to? I got to get you out of this. I don't have time for that, man. That's not my purpose of my life. It's not your purpose. Worried about who's real or who's fake. Evil's in everybody's heart. In fact, let me tell you something. Everybody who's ever been betrayed by someone was betrayed by someone who was close to them. It's never the person you think that wouldn't do it. That would do it, I mean, it's always the person that you didn't think would do it. When you get betrayed, it's not by someone that you didn't trust all along. Oh, no. You saw them coming. It would be by people that you say, this is my right-hand man. Listen, these are the things that how people get caught up in, y'all. Get caught up in. You got to be very careful. God has a place for all of you. He want to establish you. He want to give you a fresh oil. But I want you to get the word of God in you. Read your Bible. Pray. Stay in the word. Go to the book. Learn one verse a day. Get it in you. And then you have to find those people who will speak into your life and strengthen you. Don't get caught up into gifts and titles. Get caught up into the word of God. Love God's word more than anything else on this earth. You love God's word, you stay in there, God is going to raise you up into his kingdom. You want to be filled with the spirit of God. Get into his word. Learn God's word. So when you start hearing things crazy, and when things start sounding real dumb, you will know already this is not coming from God. This is coming from a man's perspective or some woman's perspective. The more you know that word of God, the more you understand who's talking to you. Because a lot of people don't know the word of God. That's why they do things. And they think you're supposed to lay down and accept everything they do. Folks, let me tell you something. Learn your Bible. Read your Bible. You can always tell when people are missing the mark when they're wrong because a lot of people don't read the Bible. They're so busy reading each other, worried about who's real, worried about who's fake, worried about who got a hidden agenda, worried about who's going to. Some people don't know more, more. They know more about church than they know about the word of God. This is crazy. How in the world you can know more about how to run a church than the God's word? 
is wrong with this picture here. Go get the word of God. Go study people. Study the word of God. You don't have time to study people. People change like the wind. They come, they go, they up, they down, they like water, unstable. You don't have time to study them. Study the word of God and pray for the spirit of discernment. And watch what God will do in your life. He will teach you. He will develop you. He will give you the tools you need. And before long, as God continues to strengthen you, he will give you a seasoned word to speak to his people. So you got to know this for sure, that, yes, God is with you, woman of God. God is with you, man of God. Stay in your word. Get on your knees. Learn theology. Don't get caught up into theology. Knowing this, that when God called you, he called you. There's some place God will train you at. And after he gets finished training you, he will send you to somebody else who will be a blessing to your life. So while you're going through the process of your training, stay humble, stay faithful, stay committed. The things that God has put into your hands, continue to develop it, strengthen it. Always work on your weakness in your ministry of your life or your character. Work on your weakness. The things that you know you're weak at, those are the things you spend more time in. Strengthen that. You don't work on the things that you're strong in. A lot of people work on the things that they're strong in. They wax and stronger, stronger, stronger. When technically, you want to work on the things you're weak at. Because when you work on the things you're weak at, you will get stronger in that. You will get stronger in that. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So what you want to do, you want to get stronger in your weakness that you're going through. And this way, God can have you well balanced. So when he called you to the forefront, you are ready. You are ready. Because God don't make mistakes. You hear me? He don't make mistakes. He don't make mistakes. He want to get you ready so you can be well-rounded. And that's what I say about the potential NFL and NBA player, NHL player, National Hockey League. They look for the most groove and people that got it. They look at your potential, your upside. And this person is a franchise player. When the time comes, and it's your time, and they call out your name, and I love it when I see the NBA and the NFL, when they call out those young men's names, they put the cap on on that franchise, and they walk towards that room and walk through the curtains, and their family is crying and rejoicing, and they shake those commissioner heads, and they say, welcome to the professional league, son. You made it. Let me tell you something. There is a day of reward where God is going to find record in your life. When he calls you, says, time to come home, you're going to walk through that curtain one day. You're going to go through that window, and you're going to work, and when you shake your head, all those people are going to be rejoicing when you meet God. And he said, well done, good and faithful servant. You got an upside about your life, a great potential that God is looking at. The Bible says we got a great cloud of witnesses. When those players go and they shake the commissioner hand, all those people out there in the back rejoicing and clapping and excited for you. There is a witness that's out there that's rejoicing over your life that you have not yet met. The third heaven, 
We have a great witness, cloud of witness, cheering you on because it's your time to get ready to come forth. And when you come forth, none of those people, they ain't going to boo you, boo. They're going to be excited. They're getting excited because they're going to say, we can't wait to see what God is going to do in that brother life. We can't wait to see what God is going to do in that sister life. The devil wanted to keep you back here and hold you back and shut you up and don't you say anything. And da, 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 da. God got people who is excited about where you're going at. And every now and then, when you see the college players, you will see the potential of the next level come out of him. And they will say, my God, look at what this kid did. He's definitely getting ready because God will show you little nuggets and ingredients where he's taking you at, because everything you start touching started blowing up. It started doing well, started doing well, started doing well, started doing well. The only person going to get mad at that is the devil, because when you start impacting people's life, the devil don't want you to do that. He want to set you up and sit you in a corner and sit on you. But in God's kingdom, he's excited about you. He's excited about you. He would say he right on time. He's right on schedule. <clears throat> I told you I could put my word inside of her and trump her with the word. I knew she would do what I called her to do. This is what it was about, Job. God knew that he could trust Job. He knew what was inside of Job. Job didn't know it. God knew it. And the same thing with you, beloved. He said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts of good and not evil. He knows what he put inside of you. And let me tell you something. I don't care how many people reject you. I mean, I don't care how many people that said, no, not dumb. Uh-uh, they crazy. Uh-uh, I don't want That's good. Good. Let them reject you. Because God got to have them reject you in order for him to get you to where you got to go at. Joseph, you got to be rejected. Got to be rejected because when you are rejected, now he's going to send you to where you really belong. Then, folks, let me tell you something. Joseph's brother rejected him, they called him a dreamer. You're dreaming, you would never be over us. So, the next time you're rejected, the next time people sit on you, tell them thank you. I appreciate that. Because they helping you get to your purpose more faster. They sending you there faster because you gotta get there by a certain time. They doing what they need to do. They getting you ready for when you go. What are you just saying? Hey man, he's gonna take you there. So you gotta make sure that you're ready for with God. Is taking you. And don't you let nobody hold you back. Amen? He got a plan for you. Will, if there's anything you want to say, I'm going to bring it in at this time. But for something Shoot, you well, you, got, you, have, you have people that's on here that's listening, and they are like, I guess you could say they're in love. <laughs> because they are listening intently. And I don't know people... If you don't understand what we're waiting for you to push star eight, 
because we want to hear what you got to say before Minister Calvin Myers, you know, goes away. I mean, if you want to just say hi to him, he would love to hear your voice. And remember, in this network, you got his number, 724-444-7444. Put the pin number in, 143-906-POUND. Then you push one pound into the show and star eight to talk. You also got to remember, we're only about freedom of speech, freedom to grow, and freedom to learn and know. That's why I call it Sound City Radio. And I really would love for you to be real and be safe and sure enough be ready. We don't judge a book by the cover, and neither should you. Because God loves you unconditionally. But we got to learn to love and love him the same way. So if Chris, on that moment that you would love to do that, we are ready for you waiting patiently for you. And tonight, Mr. On Point has his show on On Point Radio. That's the other radio network that I reside at. And his show, his topic, I should say, is let's talk about the HBCU experience and its challenges. He said, after attending a HBCU college fair with his daughter, Mr. Controversy was surprised to find out how many HBCUs actually exist. Should our children attend HBCUs or experience diversity? Did a affirmative action actually affect HBCUs and whom they accept? Did Trump's cutting funding of HBUs affect them. Anyone who has studied at a HBCU, call and share your positives and negative experiences. These and other concerns will be discussed. So y'all got to understand, there is some stuff going on where I guess our education for our youth and our education of ourselves is about to be taken away so we could be dumbed down. It's a shame, but this is life as we can see it so far. All we got to do is learn and these trials and tribulations of life to get things in our heart. In other words, since the next thing they're going to try to take away from us is our freedom and bring us back, which we, you know, we still want to stay, but we're in another zone of it. But once they take away that Bible, where we can't walk around or even talk about a Bible like they do in other countries or nations, whatever you want to call it. Y'all probably know exactly what I'm talking about. I shouldn't have to say the word. That's going to be a change because those individuals have to know it by their heart. And then you have other countries who only got one sheet of paper. They might even got just one scripture, and that's all they know. And guess what they got to do? They got to meet up with each other and say, hey, you have this? Oh, my God, you have that? Can we play it? Let's look at it. Let's put it together. Does it match? Wow. And then they putting it together, a Bible that we have right here in our hands. 
they have to put it together literally by soldier after soldier after soldier after individual, whoever, and if that person might pass away, they might get their piece of paper and they're blessed because now they got more truth and they got more knowledge. That's sad. But this is the life we're living in because if you notice, everything now is all about sex, killing, and demonic spirits. That's where we at. Mr. Kamal, you ain't gonna say before we go. Yeah, I just want to remind everybody that you go through what God is calling you to go through. It's okay. You want to make it. It's not designed to kill you. It's designed to develop you. It's gonna make you better. It's gonna make you wiser. It's gonna give you strength. It's gonna develop things in you that you don't even know that you have out of your wildest dream. And when the time comes, you would look back and dig into that thing because now is your developing time. When you get to that place that God can call on it, it would be in you. And then you would be able to understand and then you will be more glad that you went through this already because it's somebody else that you're going through. It's not for yourself. And I know that it's hard and you feel lonely, and it seems like nobody understands you. But I want to really encourage you a great deal. Stay in your word. One of the things that we turned away from as people of God is from the word of God. Don't turn your back on your word. Get on your knees. When you can, get on your knees and just pray. When you don't have words no more to say and how to articulate it in sentences, and you can't say the words like you want to just get on your knees and moan before God. Just cry out to him. Just say, Lord, fix my heart. Lord, strengthen me. Don't let me get a bitter spirit. Don't let me get a bad spirit. Don't make me with a judgment spirit. Take away from me a jealous spirit. Take away from me an insecure spirit. Judge yourself before God. Don't be in there judging nobody else. When you go before God, Always remember, the man that went before God, he began to tell God how great he was when he really wasn't that great, how he paid his tithe, how he's not like other men, how he don't do certain things. But the thing I love about the other man was he didn't even look up to heaven. He just beat himself, pat himself on the chest and say, God, forgive me. Listen, y'all, he loves you. Don't you ever put God in the category of a man. He's not like a man. He don't tell you to shut up and sit down and don't say it. That ain't God's character. He loves you. He want to hear from you. He's concerned about you. He knows who you are, and he's not going to leave you. And you don't got to worry. Nobody can stop what God has put inside of you. I just want you to know that. Nobody can stop it. They may try, but they're not going to stop it. I promise you. This is why we really want you to remember this. Lean on the gifts of the Spirit that God has given you. Go into your word, pray, get into the word, and you get go through your trials, but give me words of inspiration. Go to the book of Psalms. Go to the book of uh, Proverbs. 
Read God's words. He got a lot to say to you. And pray. And don't worry. He's going to get you where you need to go at. But by the same token, don't you be foolish neither. Don't you let years and time go by. You sitting there letting people just beat you down and sit on you. You pray, get before the Lord, and you take your time and move in ministry, whatever the calling might be. If you have to go somewhere and sit in the church and don't do nothing, just go and sit and hear the word of God. But you find that ministry that God is calling you to do. Doing ministry is not a fight. You should never have to fight in the church to do ministry. You fight, you're not fighting with people outside in the church. We don't want you here. <clears throat> when people get to the point that they reject you, you go when you can sit and God got people who would love to see your smiling face. Yes. Yeah. So what you want to do, what you want to do is continue to do what God is telling you to do in this hour. He got a plan for you. He got a plan for you. He has a plan for you. He loves you, y'all. If you felt God love, you would just cry, cry, cry. That's how beautiful his love is towards you. He is your father. He's not, listen, he's not like people. Folks get insecure, and they get jealous, and they'll hold you back. God ain't insecure nobody. <laughs> He's always telling you come forth, but he wants you to come forth in the right time, and, and he want to put you around the right people. So you got to, like I said, there are ways um, that you can go into the Word and you can learn. There are ways that you can go into the Word and you can learn. There are ministers that you can Google. The Internet is a sourceful resource for, oh, my God. There are people you may never go to their church, but you can hear their word, their teaching. You can listen to their teaching, good teaching. Just continue to feed your spirit. Now, I'm not telling you to go sit and buddy to everybody. I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you to go find good work. There's a lot of good teaching out there that's free. You don't have to pay a dime. It's free. You can download it, listen to the teaching, teaching of love, teaching of wisdom, teaching of the, the gifts of the Spirit, all these things, teaching of the characteristic of God. All of it is free. Use the tool that you got in your hand and let God encourage you. My pastor used to always call it the one-eyed monster. Turn the TV off sometime. I like to watch TV, too. I like to watch my football, my basketball. But there's a time when you got to pull away and get before the Lord. Get into your word and talk to God. It's not in how well you can pray. You know, listen, y'all, when you pray to God, we thinking about, I want to pray like Deacon so-and-so or Sister Yo-Yo or Mother so-and-so. Listen, you talk to God the way that you talk to people. Talk with him. Ask him questions. Pray. Prayer is just talking to God. And when you don't have that to say, just say, oh, God, strengthen me, Lord. Oh, God, teach me, Lord. Show me, Lord. Forgive me, God. Show me how to walk before you. Strengthen my character. God, give me more wisdom. 
Give me more understanding, God. Give me more love, God. Give me more patience. Pray to God. People tell you, don't pray for patience. Nothing wrong with praying for patience. You pray that God will give you the mind and the witty invention. Ask God to bring forth the gift that's inside of you to bring it forth. Say, Lord, bring the gift forth that's inside of me. Teach me, Lord. Ask the Lord to do these things. He want to use you. God loves us, y'all. You got to go through these things. When I get around men and women of God and I hear the wisdom come out of them, I say, wow. A lot of times we hear the wisdom come out of them, but we don't know what they went through to get that. Your battle is not against your brother or your sister. It's not against your spouse. It's not against your pastor. It's not against the evangelist. It's not against the prophet. Your battle is against the devil himself. There are some battles that's against you and you alone. It's about you. You having your own battle. That's why I tell you, don't waste your time trying to find out who's real and who ain't. That's not your worries. That is not your battle. Your battle's with the devil and your battle's with yourself sometimes. You want to make sure that you can hear God because if you're not careful, the devil will have you all caught up and wrapped up in bitterness and discord, contention, strife, gossip, and slander. That's not what God wants you to get into. Paul said we're not ignorant of his devices. The devil got devices. He loves it when you at odds with people in the church and against your leadership and I ain't going to listen to him. He ain't going to tell me what to do. I'll take my marbles and go to another church. Listen, y'all, I want you to hear from God. So if God tell you to move, that's if. You and God's will, not in your own will. Because there's a lot of people moving around. Some people have gotten to the point they don't want to go to church nowhere. That's not God's will for you. The Bible says, forsake not the assembly of yourself. If you don't go to that church and you're tired of that church, you better pray and ask God to find a church. Not a perfect church. Find a church that you can go to where you can grow. And when you join the church, or if you don't join the church, don't be so quick to jump in ministry. Sometimes just sit and learn. Learn. People going to tell you, join, join. Oh, you'll be good for me. Just sit and learn and wait on God. Don't be in a hurry. Don't be in a hurry. Just sit and learn. You hear me? Learn. Grow. Grow. Get it in your spirit. David didn't ask to have a javelin thrown at him. He didn't ask for neighbor to, to treat him like that. He didn't ask for a lot of things David went through. Everybody want to be David when he danced and anointed and prospered and he got the title of a kingship, but they don't want to be David when he went through the valley of the shadow of death. You can always tell the real David that God is raising up. They're going to go through some things. <clears throat> They're going to go through challenges. They're going to be alone in the cave. They're going to feel like nobody's around them. And it's going to feel like everybody has turned against you. And the only thing you got is the sword of Goliath and the bread from the temple of God that the priests eat. But you use that sword and you eat that bread. The word of God is a sourceful means of eating the word of God. And then it is also a weapon. 
Remember this. The word of God is a resource, a, a feast. You feast off of it. But it's also a weapon that you use. And the, the sword of Goliath was a long sword. So when he swings, it catches you because it was so long. It catches you. It cut hard. So the word of God, you eat the word of God. The question was asked David, did they had any food here? The man said, the only way you could eat this food, this leaven, if you didn't been with a woman for a while. He said, I haven't been with a woman for seven days or something like that. He said, okay, you can eat it. But it was the priest bread. It was something that's going to require fasting, consecration, sanctification in order to devour it in your spirit. You can't be a glutton. You don't eat all the food at all. At the doggone Chinese buffet, every buffet, now you're going to try to digest, digest the word. It ain't going to work. There's certain things require fasting, sanctification, in order to get the revelation of God, the knowledge of God, the understanding of God, the anointing of God, the power of God, the wisdom of God. All of this requires fasting, consecration, separating yourself. You can eat it. The Bible said, deep calleth unto the deep, as the dead panteth after the water broke. Even so my soul panteth after you, O oh God. And as you keep taking your time and eating that word, as you pray and you fast and eat that word, then it becomes a weapon, a weapon. And, folks, please remember this. When you get that word in your spirit, it becomes a weapon. Everybody's not going to be happy for you. But your job is not to worry about who loves you, who don't love you, who happy for you, who not happy. Listen, y'all. The word of God is a weapon. Get into your word. Read your word. Let God prove you. He loves you. I love you. And I am praying for you. I want you to be all that God called you to be. I love you. And remember, you're not the only one going through. Everybody's going through something. You hear me? But it's how you take this test that's so important. Nobody want to go through the same test over and over and over. Don't look at the world. Stop looking at the world. They don't understand the things of God. The world is the world is run by a whole different type of economic standards. They run by the works of knowledge, education. But the things of God is spiritual. This is a fake world, y'all. The real world is where we die. We go to the real world. So stay on your knees. Get before the Lord. Turn back to the God of your fathers. Remember the God of your fathers. Remember the God of your fathers. Serve the God of your fathers. Don't get caught up into the way the world tells you to do things. They change with the weather. It's four seasons. And they are changed with every single season. But you, man of God, woman of God, get into that word. Remember what you was taught. Remember what the forefathers taught you of old. You can make it. I am excited about your future. I'm so excited about your future. And I want you to be excited about what God is going to do. He's getting you ready for people that you have not yet met. You've never been there before. He's getting you ready to speak into other people's life. And he needs you. He needs you. And as we continue to live, a lot of the forefathers are going home to be with the Lord. This is our shift 
This is your season. You got to step into their place where they left. You better be ready. You're not perfect, but if you're hungry for the things of God, that's what he's getting you ready for. You shouldn't be looking for what happened to Mother So-So, what happened to Pastor So-So. When So-So was here, that's the way it used to be. God would have raised you up now. It's your turn. Mother So-So did what she did in her time. She prayed, she fasted. Pastor So-So did what he needed to do in his time. He prayed, he fasted. What are you going to do? Are you going to be lukewarm, sloppy, complaining, whining, don't want to do it? I ain't got to listen to that, Pastor. Listen, God is calling you. It's your turn now. And it's going to cost you something. You don't see no great athlete who don't work out hard. It's impossible. Those athletes work on things today. They do it over and over and over and over and over and over. They become so good at it, they are perfect in doing it. They are professionals. That's how you got to be when it comes to praying, fasting, reading, praying, fasting, reading, praying, fasting, to the point that when you fast, it takes you to another level spiritually. You can feel it. It ushers you to another realm of God. And when you get the word of God in you, it sharpens you. And then God encourages you. Walk with people who love God. Don't listen, y'all. I got to say this, and I know my time is getting away that I want to get off the air, but I got to say this. Don't just walk with your buddies and people that think like you, talk like you. You got to get around people who got gifts in them that you don't have who can speak into your life, who can encourage you. They may not look like you, may not be the same color as you, but my God, they got the gift and the spirit of God in them like you do. You got to get around people who got the gifts inside of them. Don't just look for people. If you pick your friend, you don't let your friends pick you. You pick your friends. Pick the people that you know that will be a blessing in your life. Pick the people. When I say blessed, I'm talking about speaking to your life. Encourage you. That's great with you. That will tell you things that you don't want to hear about yourself, but they love you enough to tell you the truth. Be around people like that. Be around people who will make you run harder, jump higher. Be around people that will push you more. And you be like, I can't stand it. I don't like it. Be around those people. They're the one that's going to make you better. They're going to make you better because they love you. They love you. And we love you too because you are better. God got a plan for your life. You're not just anybody. You are important to this earth. You are very important to this earth. Don't you ever forget it. Don't let nobody tell you that. You're very important. We need you here to survive. But the Hezekiah Walker said, I pray for you, you pray for me, I love you. I need you to survive. I need you to survive. I need you, not want you, need you to survive. You got to speak into people's lives. People need you here. We need you here. So I love all of you. And remember, God has a plan for you. It's not about the titles. <laughs> It's not about the title. Some people breaking their neck for a title to get in. No. I say this and I got to let you go. Folks, 
God wants you anointed on your life. He wants anointed on you so bad. And when you get the anointed on you, it's the open doors for any other position, wherever you want to go at in life. And don't think it's always the door that you think it's going to be. He may train you one place, but he's sending you somewhere else to do the ministry when the time comes. <laughs> and you would know it won't be something that you try to make happen. When the time comes, they're going to find you. And when they find you, it's going to look strange. It's going to even look like that ain't something that God wants you to do, but that's going to be the place that God is sending you at for you to get developed at. People are going to say, you're going where? Oh, I wouldn't do that. That's not for them. That's why they won't do it. It's for you to do it. <laughs> I don't know who I'm talking to. I love you all. I just want you to know that you're very important to the body of Christ. I didn't say to the church. I said to the body of Christ. There is a difference. So wherever God decides to send you at, he's going to prosper you there. He's going to challenge you there. He's going to stretch you there. He's going to make you better there because that's what he got for you, okay? And stop allowing people to get you upset by what they think about you. That's not what God said about you. Remember that. He loves you. Father, we thank you for all that you've done. God, move by your spirit. Continue to strengthen your people. We pray for the spirit of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, discernment, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, insight, revelation, distressing. God, give us an increase our capacity to seek your face even more. Give us a greater hunger to thirst for you. God, move by your spirit. Move things out of our ways that we don't need in our life and put things in our life that we need. In the name of Jesus, by your spirit, God. God, make us stronger. Make us wiser. In the name of Jesus, bless these people, God, as the holiday comes. Move upon them. Bless them for Thanksgiving, God. Bless them wherever they go at. In the name of Jesus, let them know that you are a friend that sticks closer than their brother. You see them right where they're at, God. Minister to them, Lord. Don't let them be lonely, God. Lay on their heart where to go at, who to be around. Make them wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove, God. In the name of Jesus, as they break bread with their loved ones all over the world, God, keep them, Lord. Let them know that you are a keeper. Strengthen them, Lord. In the name of Jesus, for your glory, it's you alone and you only that we hope in. Our hope is not in men. Our hope is in you, the author and the finisher of our faith. Our God, the mighty God, the almighty God, no weapon formed against none of us shall prosper. Every tongue that rise up against us in judgment, you will condemn. This is the righteousness of the Lord. God, we love you. We honor you. We adore you. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for all that you've done and what you're going to do. You are moving in the hearts of men. You're raising up an army of people that you love and you care for in this hour there's nothing that's going to hinder us, but you call us, not men, but you call us, God. Equip us and give us the tools. Open greater doors for us this year. Let this be the beginning of a new era in our life. In the name of Jesus, have your way, God. We need you like never before. We want you to seek, we want to seek your face like never before. Call upon you. You said you would show us great and mighty things that we know not of. God, you're the one that's doing this, and it's marvelous in our eyes. You get the glory, not us. You get the glory. 
In the name of Jesus, you get the glory. You get all the honor. You get all the praise. It's not about men. It's about you, God. Men are not trees. They just mortal men. But you are the God of all flesh. And you gave some pastors and teachers and evangelists all for the perfected of the body, for the perfected of the faith, God. We all come together in one unity. Move by your spirit and keep us and watch over us in Jesus' name. I pray for their strength, God, in the name of Jesus. And you were strengthened of God in the name of Jesus. I want to encourage all of you, when you get a chance, go to the book of St. John and read in there what Jesus said about his disciples. Go to uh, St. John chapter 15, 16, uh, and read that, what God said to all of us in chapter 17, and read that. St. John chapter 15, 16, and 17. He loves you. Read what Jesus said to you. He got your back. Amen? I love you. Keep Brother Calvin in your prayer always. I'm keeping you in mind. I love you so much, Saint. I thank God for all of you, y'all. I love y'all. I thank God for you. Until we meet the next time, God bless and continue to do what you do. God bless. Peace. I'm out. All right. What a show. People, I don't know if y'all really felt what I felt. I'm praying that you did. Um, again, I got to tell y'all, tune in tonight on On Point Radio, pin number 143, 133 pound. My buddy, Mr. On Point, with his topic, like I told y'all before. Whew, what a show. So, um, the HBC experience and the challenges. And don't forget, again, DJ Philly Joy, she's on another network now. My buddy, Mr. Ngozi, better known his brother, O, and she's doing a show. Tonight, her topic is called The Power to Change Your Life, Love, Laugh, and Experience of Joy, Part 2. They're doing it to music tribute in the I.R.A. Solberg, and it's in our topic to join us on the 1,219th episode of One. Now, that pin number is, and this is going to happen at 10 o'clock tonight, the pin number is 145-234-POUND. And the name of the show is called Joy to the World. Whew, what a night. Don't forget about Miss Antonia Batch. She will be on Damon Network tonight, and she'll be coming on at 9 o'clock. Our pin number is 142-107-POUND, but I will be at one point. Now, again, I thank everybody who took time to listen. And if you see, the knowing is so good that 
The devil don't even have no dragon power at all. Because, look, the music is playing without even a glitch. So, though, by me knowing that, makes me want to change my whole attitude of what music I'm about to play. So, guess what I'm about to play now, just for y'all. My buddy, who I started off with, Minister Aaron Williams. Let me shut this down. And let me start it. The right way. Concentrate me now. Could I do it all on my own I hope that gave me it all, all alone. Yeah, I forgot you. Now I'm crying, Lord, that you restore the joy of my salvation. Consecrate me now as I take this vow of rededication. Forgive me of my fault. Forgive me of my hope. Forgive me of my dreams. Forgive me from the dead of this broken life. Forgive me, I was wrong. I dreamt that I would be more than he wanted me by myself. But now I know without you, I cannot do what I do. I need your help. As the dear friend asked, the water brook for you I long. Rise up in me now, as I cry out, Lord, to you in this song. Forgive me of my thoughts. Forgive me of my hope, forgive me of my dreams. Forgive me from the dead of the broken heart. Forgive me, I was wrong. Obviously, you talk. So, who's out?
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.